Welcome back. This is Dan and Bill. We are here asking some more questions. Uh, today, we're going to get into something that happened to Bill the other day. So why don't you just tell me like, what happened to you? So about two weeks ago now, yeah, <clears throat> two weeks ago, um, on Friday, uh, I got a call from my dad saying my mom was acting a little weird, and she was she was having some problems with with her memory, like she was having trouble remembering stuff, and <clears throat> then about two hours later he called and he said I need your help I need you to come over. I can't get your mom. I can't get your mom to do anything or answer anything or do what the doctor said because she was having problems with her memory, and they had called their regular doctor, and the doctor had said she needs to go into the ER and get checked out. Right? Seems like a good so, idea. Yeah, uh, but my mom wouldn't agree to do it, and I did. I didn't understand because that doesn't make sense. You know, my mom is a reasonable person. If there's something wrong and her doctor has told her to go to the emergency room at any point in her life, she's gone to the emergency room. She's never argued with her doctor. So I went over and uh, got over to my parents' house and I got there and my mom was moving around. She said she felt nauseous. She kept sitting down, uh, but she could get up. She could move. She could look at you. She could talk to you, but you could tell something was off. When you looked at her, she just didn't look normal. Something like something was going on. Um, and I asked, you know, like, she's like, why are you here? And, and started asking a lot of like, really, like, what's going on? And I asked just some like basic questions. And my dad started with, she doesn't know who she, she doesn't know what year it is. She doesn't know what's going on. She doesn't know um, what's happening. And I said, you know, and so I just started asking some simple questions. I was like, well, mom, your doctor said you need to go to the emergency room. And she said, no, no, I, I don't. Why? This is stupid. Why are y'all here? Why are you acting this way? Uh, and I started with some really basic questions like, well, do you, you know, you remember me? She's like, yeah, you're, you're Bill. You're my son. I was like, okay. Do you remember Tanner? She's like, yeah, Tanner is my son. I was like, do you remember the, that Tanner's getting married uh, in two weeks? She goes, Tanner's not getting married. Tanner's not even dating anybody. And my brother's been with his fiance for like two and a half years now. I said, do you remember Brandon was sick? Because my son had been sick. And she goes, no, what are you talking about? Um, I said, do you remember when you got married? And she threw out a random year that was wrong. Do you know who the president is? And she's like, well, the president. I was like, well, but who is it? The president. Why are you asking stupid questions? And she started kind of laughing at everything. This is silly. And, and it went back and forth for like 10 or 15 minutes. And, and we would like mention something. And within a minute or two, she wouldn't remember what was going on. It's like so we no need to get you zero short term. We need to get you in the car. Why are we going to the car? You're going to the emergency room. Why am I going to the emergency room? Right? Um, you know, it, and 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 this took like 15 or 20 minutes, and it was very disturbing because 
I mean, you see this kind of stuff in the movies, right, or TV, and you think it's not real. In fact, once we finally got her in the car and got her headed toward the hospital, because memory loss can be caused by a lot of things, you know. In my life, I have known fairly well at least two people who had epilepsy due to some kind of traumatic brain injury. You know, one of them was injured when they were young. One of them was in a car wreck in high school. And both of them, after that, would have seizures and then go through a period of short-term memory loss where it almost was like the brain would reboot and it would take a little while before things came back. But this was not that. There was no evidence of a seizure. There was no evidence that uh, of someone coming out of a seizure. You know, There was nothing like that. And um, so my dad got her to the hospital. And it was about... Four or five hours later, he called and he said, well, the doctors have a diagnosis. And I said, okay, what's that? He said, it's transient global amnesia. I said, what's that? And he goes, they don't know why it happens, but you lose your memory and it should come back within 24 to 48 hours. And there's several potential causes, but they don't really know why it happens. And so when you called me about this the next morning, and told actually it me was a, this is... it was about an it was about a half hour after I got off the phone with my dad when I called you. Uh, it may uh, have been. I, I, I yeah. realized that was Thanksgiving weekend or that was Spring Break weekend. I don't know what day it was. Now that you say that, so it was it was Friday. You called, you called me and told me, and my immediate response was, "Well, that sounds like they don't know what it is, and they just made something up." Yeah, but actually, your your it. exact words were, that's bull, you know what, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. or sounds like bull, yeah, bull crap. Um, you were a little more flavorful, but, uh, uh, and then you did what you always do, and you immediately typed it into the internet and looked it up, yeah. and you went, oh my god, this is a thing, right? And so just so everybody knows, my mom's fine, everything's okay. But this was one of the most single, like, terrifying incidents I've ever lived through because it came out of nowhere because what had happened was they were getting ready to go do something. And so she got up. They had taken a like, kind of lazy morning, and she had gone back to get a shower and get changed. And within 10 minutes went from fine to this. And it just came out of nowhere. And it was the non-responsiveness and the inability to get her to move in a particular direction because you know as soon as she got in the car and they were pulling out of the driveway and she couldn't see me and my youngest son she didn't know we were there like she didn't know we were at the house in fact as they're backing out she asked my dad she's like why is bill's car here she had forgotten between she, she backing out of the driveway and between shutting the door to the garage, getting in the car, and backing out, that I wasn't in her physical vision, that I was there. So in less than 90 seconds, her entire memory that I existed in the house that day was gone. And, and that, that was very, honestly, very frightening. Especially for someone that you've known your whole life, and they've never had any cognitive issues, and everything's going on. 
And so I've kind of gone down this rabbit hole of what is this? Where does it come from? And in looking, and looking into it, it, it's, it, you know, we've done a little, a little poking at this point and the things that cause it is everything from like a hot, a really hot or really cold shower or a bump on the head or being, you know, up, you know, stressed and overworked and upset. I mean, it's just sort of like, it's migraine, the field. you know, yeah. migraine, um, high cholesterol, um, intercourse, um, heart disease. It's just like all over the place. I think, I think that, I think intercourse gets lumped in there. It is strenuous physical activity. activity. The yeah. So but think, they, but they specifically call that one out at the Mayo Clinic as one of the triggers. So that's probably the because this only happens, and I'm speculating here. Obviously, I don't have a clue that I'm talking about. But if it only happens in older and middle-aged people, then one of the few strenuous activities that those people probably do is yeah, it would be that. But, yeah, and you would need to call it out specifically because it's probably not something that they would bring up voluntarily of like yes oh well we were doing that this morning before this happened because who puts those together yeah, it's, it's think, probably on you know, the questionnaire that's asked yeah. um, and and to define this for those out there again transient global amnesia uh and i'm I, i'm speaking from cleveland clinic's website because the Mayo clinic had some really good stuff the cleveland clinic has had the most comprehensive information i've been able to find um generally affects people 50 and older, right? And it affects between 23 and 32 people per 100,000 per year. And that's the information we know because one of the requirements to be diagnosed with this is someone else has to see it happen and get you into the hospital for a diagnosis because the person can't bring it out. And to be honest, my, my mom was in the hospital for a day and a half and ran through a massive battery of tests because there's other things that can cause this. You know, she did an MRI, she did a CT scan, they did several ultrasounds, uh, they did blood work. Uh, and in fact, because of did this, they, she, did she's been diagnosed. Yes, tests? there were cognitive tests okay. throughout the whole thing. And a lot of stroke tests, like cognitive mm -hmm. tests around stroke. Um uh, because that's that's another thing that can cause memory loss, right? But she didn't have any of the uh, my my gra my grandfather had a stroke. Uh, actually, both of my grandfathers have had strokes, so I've seen stroke victims before. And generally, there's like slackness in the face and like arm pain and, and things that go along with that. None of that was present. None of the smells or physical sensations that go along with stroke were present in any way, shape, or form. Um, if there was any kind of facial slackness, it was the the whole face, and it was more like someone who was just confused, right? Uh, as opposed to, like you see with a stroke victim, uh, traditionally, not always, but traditionally. Um, uh, and she was diagnosed with um, two minor aneurysms that they said could have been there from birth, which she now knows that are there and will be getting checked on. So that was, you know, we would never have known about those um, otherwise. Uh, but after about a day, her memory started to come back. In fact, later that day, her memory started to come back. So at around the 12 to 15 hour mark, her memory began to come back. And within 36 hours, it was fully back. Um, and then she got discharged from the hospital and came home. Uh, but 
Basically, this thing boils down to your brain reboots, and they have no clue why. I mean, I I have a feeling this is probably an example of like three or four different things that all have very similar effects, and then we just don't we don't know what they are yet. You know, yeah. it's it's probably a lump thing of just like we're working on it, <laughs> figuring out what this is at so, some point. Reading from the Cleveland Clinic website, even though researchers have been studying transient global amnesia for over 50 years, they're still not sure what causes it or why it happens. You know? um, Well, we understand so absolutely nothing about the brain. Like, it's it's the wildest. I, I was reading something the other day about how they can... They were the people who were having seizures. One of the old solutions was to like cut the two halves of your brain in half and yeah. separate them from each other because one side would have the seizure and the other side wouldn't, and you'd be okay. And and it was like, and then that changes all your perceptions get weird, and you can it causes hold all kinds of problems. Yeah, and see it in your right eye is weird, but like we don't really understand how this thing that we think runs everything actually works so i'm I'm gonna read for everybody who may be listening uh or who hopefully is listening uh what the summation is it's like what is this what is tga or transient global amnesia transient global amnesia is a rare medical condition in which you experience a sudden episode of memory loss during a tga episode you cannot form new memories a condition called anagrade amnesia and you have difficulty recalling recent memories a condition called retrograde amnesia. Transient means passing. So transient global amnesia episodes usually last no more than several hours. In rare cases, they last up to 24 hours. People with TGA remember who they are, can remember their family and their friends. They can still perform complex daily tasks such as cooking or driving. They also retain their language and social interaction skills. However, during a TGA episode, they may not know where they are or the day or the time. And in fact, my mom is, uh, she's retired, but she refs volleyball. And she knew a tournament was coming up because it was the weekend, and she wanted to go to the tournament. And I asked her the rules, and she spit them all out. So she probably could have refed a game, but she may not have been able to remember the score. I mean, but you know, that's that... That's that, like, you know, she's, she could call it in the moment, like you could cook or you could drive. Yeah. And from what I've read, people can drive, but they don't know where they're going. Well, and we that's all the problem do that. How often do you go somewhere? You're, you're driving to go somewhere, and you end up at work or home, yes. and you're like, wait a minute, I was going to the grocery store before, but you just sort of slip into some – Autopilot. And you just end up where you, where you normally go. You know, your body essentially just takes over at that point. Yeah, well, yeah you're, you're I, absolutely I telling, right. I was telling you the other day, I think I did. I was, we were, my, my wife and I were driving into Houston and, and we had, there was music on the radio. And I was reading a book on my Kindle. And I realized that I was reading the words on the pages and processing them. And I was also singing all the words to the song that were on the radio. And I was doing both of them at the same time. And I honestly had a moment of, 
oh, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know that I could actually run these two different programs at the same time. At the time. same time. And be yeah. able to actually understand it. And I think it also had to do with it was Johnny Cash and it was Walk the Line. And I know the words to that. Well, certain things get imprinted in your brain, yeah. right? Um, there's certain songs, certain sounds, certain smells. Um, you know, this has just Which, been a, a fascinating rabbit hole for me to run down because they don't know anything. They don't. And I have a feeling that this is a a greatly underreported problem because uh, somebody else has to be there. The episodes can last so little time and you don't remember it happened. I mean, how many times have you heard somebody's like, you know, I just felt like I lost the day. Where did the weekend go? Yeah. You, you get off work Friday afternoon, you bump your head you trip on the stairs and bump your head on the front door on your way into the house. You, you go to sleep, you wake up, it's Monday morning and you know, you're late for work cause you think it's Saturday, but like you, yeah, you know. So if anybody's out there and they're worried, is somebody having this, let's just go through a couple of the symptoms so you can be aware of it. And, and again, extremely rare. Uh, people will appear disoriented and confused and that can be caused by so many things. But they tend to repeatedly ask the same question, especially about the date, the time, the location, and what's going on. Like they just can't wrap their head around, where am I? What's going on? What's happening? I'm going to sidebar you on that. This is interesting. I, 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 when I was a kid, I, I, I got in my car accident. I hit my head. It's interesting, though, the, when the EMTs went through the list of questions and asked me, you know, to make sure I was you know, what's your name yeah. and when is it and all that kind of stuff. I was 10. It was the summer and they asked me what day it was. And my response, I, I, if I remember it correct, was like, it's the summer. I don't even know. I don't, yeah. I don't have to know what day it is. But for the rest of that evening until I ended up going into surgery and it being a different day, I kept asking. I couldn't, I couldn't retain it. Uh-huh. even though I wanted to. So I kept going like, I've forgotten again what day it is. And I need you to tell me again. And then it'd be five minutes later, I'd ask again. So that that may be a something that our mind grabs onto. And when it's not there, it, it's nagging. You know, that and, you need to know what it is. And, and on that, the uh, antegrade amnesia, the inability to form new memories, can be caused by other things. It's not just this. But this mm-hmm. is like the... All of a sudden, I have no memory out of the movies, and I've I, I never thought it was a real thing. Um, some things that you know it's not this, people don't lose consciousness with it. Uh, they don't tend to have any other neurological or cognitive systems, like language problems or issues moving. Um, you don't tend to wake up with it either. It almost always happens later in the day, which hmm. is interesting. Uh, but some other things, and again, this can be caused by so many things. Uh, other symptoms you can have: headache, nausea and vomiting, dizziness, anxiety. Um, so sounds like a Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's it's it was scary because you didn't know what was going on, and you couldn't get the person to do the basic thing they needed to do to take care of themselves because. Again, you know, my mom's older, 
her family has a history of stroke. Want to make sure that's not what it is. Um, we didn't know if she had fallen down and hit her head, you know, in the back, and they didn't tell anybody. We, we didn't know, and we couldn't get her to do and comply. You know, because my dad had been trying for several hours to get her to get in the car and go, you know, mm-hmm. uh, go to the hospital. And he would even show her the text. See, like, the doctor said to go to the hospital. Let's go. And she's like, why are we going to the car a minute later? It's because yeah. it's just not clicking, you know. Um, it, it's interesting. When you when you called me and told me about this, I, I went back in and, and told Leslie and, and everybody what was going on because that's what we do. And yeah. her first response was, well, that's the third mom. And I went, sorry, what? And she's like, all of your friends' moms are all having neurological issues. And it was sort of that moment of like, oh, that's interesting. You know, all of these people who are actually, you know, I think she's four. Yeah. So it's, it's, and they, and they all lived in Houston at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, that's a little weird too. Although this has but, happened to people across the country. So I understand, know. but no, but just, it's interesting to see, as we're as as we're getting people are getting older in a more modern age it seems like we're seeing more of this stuff and it's you start wondering about what are the plastics and the and the you know the pesticides and all the things that we eat and use and well and uh, to take a hard right turn on that you know you and i both grew up in houston and Mm -hmm. um uh, I've recently been having some some health issues with like allergies and a really bad cold. And uh, as a child, I kept getting diagnosed with chronic bronchitis. And uh, I was talking to my current physician, and she's like, "Yeah, chronic bronchitis is something they used to say in the '80s for people who were borderline asthmatic but didn't need an inhaler." And when I moved out of Houston, most of that went away. But since I had COVID a couple of years ago, and I had a mildly long case of the Omicron variant, I think. I I think you have. Here's how I would describe what you had, because I had it too. Oh, let's let's just cover this real quick. I, when I got COVID, I was sick two weeks. At the middle of my two week period, I went and got monoclonal and immediately started an uptick and felt better. When yeah. you got it, you had it pretty quick and done and then you just had this long coat of just like utter terribleness for forever yeah. yeah like you didn't you didn't get i was the sick shit that i got you got no i didn't something. i never yeah. got as sick as you got but i got sick for about seven days bad yeah. and then it took six weeks before i could breathe enough to go back to yeah. work and we talk for a living. And it took almost a year for me to get my wind back. And now, it's been about a year since then, I caught this cold. And the allergies in Central Texas, where we are at right now, are off the charts. I mean, it's a 12.5-point scale, and it's been floating at like 10.7, 10.8, 11. So that's bad. And I've had this really bad chest cold. But I have just been having problems catching my breath to the point I'm on an inhaler now, which I haven't been on an inhaler except like once or twice in my whole life. And uh, I think that I, between growing up with all the smog and nastiness in Houston 
and living in a, a smoking household because my dad was a smoker. Um, I lived with a smoker in college for most of my college careers, uh, career. And um, now this, I think my lungs are hurt. I think I'm having a lot more trouble getting over a chest cold than I should. And it's impacting me significantly. This is the third year now I haven't been able to go out and hike in spring. And that's something I do. I like to get outside in spring. And so I'm going to I'm going to do some stuff I probably should have done a while back. I'm going to go see an allergist. I'm going to see about getting on the shots and that kind of stuff. But these where you live is an impact, right? And yeah. for those who don't know it, in the 80s and the 90s, Houston and Los Angeles would vary would, would vie day in and day out for the worst air pollution in the country. And it was horrible. Well, and I, I was recalling the other day, I don't remember it when I, much as I got older, but I remember, because I haven't, they don't, I don't think they do this anymore. I remember when the trucks used to drive down the street and spray all the <laughs> mosquito poison everywhere. Yeah, the, like, the fogging trucks. Run, we didn't run out and play in it. Like, I know that's, that there were some people that did that, but it was like, I remember coming down the street. And, 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 and just like the a wall of fog, yeah. A wall, it, yeah. They the funny spray. thing is... When my mom was pregnant with me, my dad had a lawn business and a fogging business, and they drove that fogging truck. And for those who don't know it, they sat outside the fogging truck in an open cab spraying that stuff, and they didn't wear any kind of respiratory protection. They just <laughs> did it. So that may explain some stuff with me. But, um, but yeah, I mean – Explains you, a lot more than you think. Um, but, yeah, Houston would like just – a wall. imagine a wall of fog of – poison to kill the mosquitoes but it's only poisonous to the mosquitoes i'm sure sure I'm sure <laughs> just like you know all of that world war one uh, uh war crime chemical weapon stuff is all actually insect toxin that's where mustard gas and all that stuff comes from is the germans invented a pesticide and then they concentrated it and everybody, I'm not just blaming the Germans here, during World War One, everybody bombed everybody with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're so nice to each other. It's, yeah. real, it's real encouraging. We can talk about history and war and all that stuff in another episode. But there's a lot of unintended consequences. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago, because we're recording this on March 25th, that um, these poor people in Ohio had to deal with, like, a monster chemical bomb going off. And uh, well, people, it looks people. like the, the, there was a train wreck, and it was a big chemical train wreck uh, a, a, a few weeks ago, and they came in and they just blew it up because it was all toxic chemicals. And uh, then the government came in and said, oh, everything's fine. And apparently some people out of A&M went and tested and went, nope, nope, there's a bunch of bad stuff in the air. This is not good. So they were testing the water. Actually, the A and M guys. That's right. It was the water. Yeah, um, it was the water. I don't actually know if anybody has been testing the air. That's a really good question. There are air tests going on. I don't know. It's been hard to find information on. Well, I think we the the most important thing that happened during that that Ohio thing, and I'm going to take a hard hard left on this, is what happened to the UFOs that they oh, yeah, shot I down. I yeah. mean. 
That's well, I didn't, well, I, we'll just leave. We'll just leave that question there, and we can come back to it. But like, yeah, we'll we'll leave that there. Like shot down a couple so, UFOs, and then just, and just to clarify for everyone, just to clarify for everyone, there was a Chinese spy balloon. We shot that down. Then there were yeah. some UFOs that we shot down um, uh, with the F 22s We're not just making this stuff up. It actually happened, no, right? So, there so was, the Chinese there spy balloon. A... Then the UFOs got shot down, and they mysteriously lost all the evidence and couldn't find it. Um, then the Ohio thing blew up, but now it's okay because they're going to indict Trump and we don't have to talk about any of this stuff in the news, you know, and I, I don't care what your politics are. I'm not a, I'm not going to say pro anti-Trump, whatever. It's just, let's shove this stuff underneath the, you know, get it out of the news cycle. So nobody has to talk about it. Right. That's what it well, feels it, like. It, That's what it feels it, like. It feel here's here's what it, it here's what it is, and I, I feel like there was a a show called The Circus at some point. I, maybe it was a sports show, but I I, I don't remember now. But it, it's the circus. It's news happens, and then the circus comes to. It's the rodeo clown. The yeah. bull rider is going to happen, and then the moment something bad happens, the clown comes out to distract distract and get so them focused somewhere else so that. You don't notice that the dude broke his leg or whatever, yeah. you know, but like that's, yeah. but that's also, it was distracting the audience and the bull. But I feel like that's what a lot of the current news cycle, New, media, contemporary yeah. media cycle is. And to bring all this back around, right, um, we have no idea. What we've been using for the last 75 years, biochemical stuff, uh, plastics, how this is affecting people. We don't have data and people are living longer. So to kind of bring it back around to what you were talking about, where is some of this stuff coming from? And, you know, back to the, the amnesia thing, it is so transient in that it's rare that it lasts more than 24 hours. You know, to study the brain, we have to have all the EEG stuff hooked up. And by the time they got to those tests on my mom in the hospital, most of her memory was back. Mm -hmm. And then they wanted her to sleep with the electrodes on her head for like three hours so they could run a test. Well, one, if you've ever tried to sleep in a hospital, it's almost impossible. And two, in that three-hour period, five people came in and ran through a 40-minute cognitive test during the three-hour test. So at no point did she actually sleep or they got the results that they wanted to happen. I mean, that, that really is a problem that you run into in hospitals. I've, I've had yeah. plenty of stays in hospitals for not, not something like that, but, you know, physical traumatic injuries. And, and you can, I mean, you can't, it's sort of, you know, especially in the beginning, especially when you are still in a, I don't think she was, but you know, in a trauma, in a, in something where they're actively yeah. trying to make sure that you're not the, the having ER type rooms before you've been moved to a right. stabilized they, room. Yeah. They, they also don't talk to each other. Uh -uh. You know, things, people they are don't. coming in and going, I got to do this thing. And I, you know, I got paged to do this. So when I come down to do that, I'm going to do that thing. I've a, watched enough ER to know how. No. In, a, in another episode, we'll talk about hospitals because I spent 10 weeks working in a hospital 
Um, and that was one of the most enlightening things. And I was part of the staff with the program that I went through, even though I wasn't a medical person. I was actually, for those who are interested, I was a chaplain, and we can talk about that later on. But everything that goes yeah. Everything that goes around that and, and all the logging of information, all that is is absolutely fascinating and, and very hard to keep up with. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, we can dive into hospitals on a whole other scale at some point. But, I mean, the idea is that, you know, we, we're not able to see, it, you know, I, I, I don't put it back on, 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 you know, at the beginning of COVID when we were looking at vaccines and things, and we didn't really know it, what the outcome was going to be. We've reached this point in in the in our society where we're 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 seeing potentially could be seeing the effects of what using what what putting your your lunch sandwich in a plastic bag every day does. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you uh, Joe Rogan's had on uh, uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, who talks about I'm trying to remember all the words phthalates which I think come from plastics and she's been seeing how there's been, been changes in men and testosterone levels. And I don't know her research well enough to even talk on it, but like, that's a thing that's happening. And who knows what, you know, and, we, we think, we think the plastic that was in our thermoses as a kid was, was safe. What we have no idea. I, I you what know, you, you say that. And I think about how many times I've taken some kind of like, spaghetti type thing with red sauce and just toss the Tupperware generic Tupperware in the microwave and hit thing and it discolors and it changes and it's it's permanently changed the plastic so what did it do to the food I've never thought about it I just ate it anyway right what has that done how much of that have I consumed I have no idea yeah yeah so that you know the the microwave in changing that plastic did it release something? We don't know. You know, we, we've <clears> always <throat> said, and I'll, I'll take it, I don't even have any, I'm speculating wildly. We use paper plates in the microwave all the time. What does the microwave do to a paper plate? Like, does it release anything? Is that wax? I, I'm not saying that it is, but like, does that little wax coating that's on top of that, does it change when you apply is microwaves you to it? You definitely know. know if you accidentally put a styrofoam plate in a microwave and oh, hit two, yeah. it just. But, uh, but or one of the worst that. things that's ever happened. My son took one of those little micro, microwavable where you put the water in to make the mac and cheese things. And he forgot to put the water in. And Ooh. then did the whole like five minute thing. And it was a meteor. It was this black charred mass and it took weeks to get the smell out of the house. Thank you all for joining. That's where we're going to end this episode. That same child who left the mac and cheese in the microwave needed Bill's assistance at that moment. So we went ahead and stopped it there. Hope to see you guys again next time.